unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative. She's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is my fight song. This is Rose Unplugged. My power's turned I know if you're like me, you find it both shocking and terrifying to see just how far the left and the Democratic Party has moved. Am I right? And how quickly, how quickly big tech moved in to begin censoring and then how quickly government got out of their way. It is abundantly clear how radical both the candidates leaving, leading into this last election and their policies truly are and those who are serving on the left inside Washington, D.C. You know, at one time, we shunned the label of socialist. Nobody really wanted to have that label, even if they were socialist. They didn't really want to be called that. But now it's boldly embraced by so many people on the left. And they think it's a fairer system than capitalism. But no one stops to think about what it means to have free education for all or free health care for all. There's very little mention of how we're going to pay for all of the free stuff, whenever people are discussing that. I remember about a year and a half ago, at least a year ago, Joy Bear targeted conservatives, and she mocked us by saying that the right is blind to the supposed virtues, virtues now, hear me, of democratic socialism. She said that Republicans just don't understand what the word socialist means. So you and I don't understand what that word means. And that we are blind to the virtues of democratic socialism. Now, hold on to that phrase. First of all, we do understand the big government redistributionist agenda that they're pushing. And that's why we're terrified and we're alarmed to see how the left has embraced it. And liberals always love to talk about free stuff. And we Republicans take those impossible promises to their logical conclusion, and that is there is no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody, somewhere, eventually has to pay for it. And we know that socialism eliminates free markets and does away with the free enterprise. We know it doesn't work. Just look at Venezuela. You know that that was a once prosperous country and that now they face mass starvation due to their destructive socialist policies. But there's something more alarming in what Joy Bear said, and, and we hear it a lot now. And it's not the first time that it had been mentioned when she said it a year ago. Bernie Sanders had said it before. It's popular, popular in, the, in, in the mainstream and American politics. It's a leftist mantra. It is democratic socialism. And this is just a clever way to ignore socialism's continued failures. The left can no longer explain away socialism's epic fails. The word socialism is a turnoff now to some people. So Bernie and the others are redefining it for you. See, this is what they do. When they talk, they, they, they say, well, we're not talking about that socialism. They insist they're talking about democratic socialism. See, that's a different thing, like how it is. Democratic socialism is just an innocuous sounding term for the tyranny of the majority. And that is what the founders were so darn anxious to avoid when they wrote the U.S. Constitution. The first election to allow the imposition of democratic socialism would be 
the very last free election this country would ever have. Because after that, it becomes a choice between ham and pork. It's a trick. Democratic socialism is just a way for politicians to trick you into handing over your freedom in exchange for promises that they can't keep. And guess what? They know they can't keep those promises. Our forefathers' mission was to secure the liberty of the American people. The founders believed there was potential in every human being and that the best way to cultivate that potential was through individual liberty. That, my friends, is what we continue to see being taken away from us every turn. You must have a mandate. You must have a, a passport to prove. Uh, I'm sorry. You must have a vaccine. You must have a passport to prove that you had a vaccine or you can't go into this gym or you can't get on that cruise ship to, uh, to evacuate you from that island that just had an eruption, a volcanic eruption. People, this is happening all around you. Government has become bigger and bigger tyrannical governments, and we know what it's like here in Pennsylvania, right? And socialist dictatorships have done nothing, absolutely nothing to enhance the human condition. When we have Loman Henry on today, he talked about the economic status of Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about that. A lot of it came out of the tyrannical rules that were handed down to Pennsylvania businesses, to Pennsylvanians, by the tyrannical ruler under the name Tom Wolf. The freedom that America has gifted to the world on the other hand, has raised the baseline of human existence beyond anything ever conceived before. Of freedom, Thomas Paine wrote, what we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price on its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated what we obtain too cheap we esteem too lightly and like pain so many of us understand that we care for what we care for most lovingly holds the greatest value for us if we were asked as americans say what we value most if we wanted to leave an inheritance for our children you know that some people and i talked about this before would say yeah, that, that antique car in the garage or my stocks or the jewelry that's been handed down over generations. But right now, you and I also know this, that the biggest gift, the greatest inheritance that we can leave for our children is freedom. That freedom, that liberty was declared over 200 years ago by men who pledged their lives, their fortunes and sacred honor to the cause. And many of the signers of the Declaration of Independence knew they would never fully enjoy the fruits of that liberty. They understood that they were doing this for future generations. We owe them a life dedicated to liberty, my friends, not a capitulation to the tyrannical forces of socialism. And so today I was thinking about that because I think about all of the freedoms that have been taken away from us so quickly, even since this last election, think about it how censorship has moved in, how when I talked to that woman from China last week and I asked her, how is it that the Chinese people just just are so complacent? And she said that they have lived so long under communism, communism, socialism, you pick, they lived so long under that that they can't even remember, they, can't even, they don't even know the, what the concept of freedom is. They don't even have a concept of freedom. Not even an idea, people. 
Forget the experience. They don't even have a concept of freedom. And then she went on to talk about how um, the government started taking control of the Internet and um, social media. And, uh, you know, just the list goes on and on. And you think about it and it's like exactly what you're seeing right now. We cannot capitulate. We must continue this fight for liberty. It wasn't over after the election. It wasn't over after January when this guy was inaugurated. But nobody, I mean, I I see senators asking now, who's in charge? Who's over there in charge of the White House? Because we don't know. And I've been asking that question all along. Who is it? I have no idea. I'm like, you know what? Call it whatever you want. You can say it's the Biden administration, Harris Obama, I mean, just pick one. But there's no one. There's no figurehead there. No one that anyone's looking at for leadership. What's happening in in these cities and and Minnesota, all these things that are going on right now. There's no leadership. There's absolutely no leadership. And yet there is a um, there is a just conviction to go after and overturn every single policy that kept us free that provided even for more liberties for corporations, for individuals, for minorities. He has overturned all of those things, those policies that made that possible by the last president, Donald Trump. So whoever it is over there in the White House is bent on taking your freedoms away. Can't you see it? This episode of Rose Unplugged is brought to you by MyPillow. I love Mike Lindell. I've known him a long time, and I love that he supports people like myself. So I ask that you support him. Just go to MyPillow.com and you can purchase sheets. I've got those. Towels. I've got those. Bed toppers. MyPillow pillows. Got those. And they even have dog beds. And that's just to mention a few items that they sell at MyPillow.com. My dog, Tucker, is on that bed all the time. I've got to coax him to get off of it. If you're comfortable in bed, why shouldn't your dog be? MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE. MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE. Let's support the guy that supports me and others like me. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hemp Lily, your journey more joyful. Hemp Lily helps women with changing bodies find harmony and balance again with products infused with the amazing hemp plant. You can find them at hemplily.com. If you're going through peri or menopause and you're looking for safe and natural alternatives for symptom relief, give Hemp Lily a try. In their recent menopause study, over 73% of participants found relief in six or more areas. They offer free lifetime consultations and a money back guarantee. Use code ROSE for 25% off your entire first order at hemplily.com. They say every rose has a thorn. Don't believe me? Just ask Joe Biden. This is Rose Unplugged. I've asked one of my favorite people because he is so passionate and I just, I love this guy. He is a former ICE director. He is joining us to discuss the growing threat at the border, which the Biden administration is ignoring and allowing unscreened migrants to enter the nation, be transported all over the country. And now we're finding out like in South Texas, many of them have COVID and they have not even alerted the authorities. Please welcome to the show, Tom Homan. How are you, Tom? 
Doing fine. Appreciate you having me. Oh, I love having you on. Okay, so let's talk about this. There is a growing threat at the border. It because it, you know it's it's not like it's gotten any better since the last time I talked to you. It continues to get worse. And when we talk about a humanitarian crisis, how can we deny that when you know that the fentanyl seizures have spiked in June alone, and that um, we're seeing. All of these people coming in, if they're being tested for the virus and testing positive, they don't tell authorities. They've been putting them in hotels in different parts of the country. Um, people are getting sick. There's no, I, I just, I, I'm out of my mind with this. What are we doing about this? And still, where is this administration? This administration ain't doing anything about it. Let's be clear, the administration isn't testing anybody for COVID. They're relying on you know, the local communities when they release them to the local communities. So the only place that the, uh, the U.S. government, the Border Patrol, is testing for COVID, is they have a small contact in Del Rio. And the reason they're doing it in Del Rio is because there's no NGOs or community groups willing to do it. So the 99% of the border is that these people are coming across, and Border Patrol is not testing them at all. The White House said today, well, we have protocol in place. Everybody gets a mask. It doesn't matter if they get a mask. They already have COVID. That's so right. So we know right now, ICE has over 20, uh, uh, 1,200 positive COVID cases in custody that came across that border. We know a lot of these NGOs that they've given contracts to for half a billion dollars to put these people in hotel rooms are overrun with COVID. We know for a fact they have released hundreds of COVID people into the country or buying them a bus ticket or a pound ticket. We, we, we know that. We've seen it. The sheriffs and the mayors are speaking out about what they're seeing down there. And here's the big issue that no one's talking about. We know there's the approximate number right now is 300,000. Border Patrol's numbers, 300,000 gotaways based on sensor traffic, drone traffic, camera traffic, 300,000 people they couldn't catch because they're so tied up these family units, have to board from ages and long online. How about those 300,000 gotaways? How many of them have COVID? How many of them are criminals? How many of them are gang members? How many of them could possibly be terrorists? Because we know they've arrested six or seven people on the terrorist watch list. How many terrorists got through? I mean, this is... This is not only a humanitarian crisis. This is a national security crisis at epic proportions, something I haven't seen in my 34-, 5-year career. I've never seen it this bad, but even close. I believe, I believe you. And now we hear that, I mean, this is just getting so out of hand. For example, uh, Delta, American, United Airlines, they are providing migrants, many of them coming from Africa, free flights to the United States. They aren't wearing masks. They We don't know that they're vaccinated. We don't know if they're sick. They're getting free airline tickets. But guess what? We, the taxpayer, are picking up the bill. Nobody's paying for me to do any of my travel. I don't know when the madness is going to stop. And you know what? I think the only time it's going to stop is when the left start stops running this country. I mean, these usually asylum seekers from Africa would have to, you know, they'd buy a boat or a plane ticket to South America. Then they'd travel by foot through Colombia, Panama, to get to the United States. Now, we, you and I, and the rest of the taxpayers made it very easy for them. They can get a free ticket on a commercial air flight and come on into the country. Come on in. And then where do they go? Where are they going? Well, not just that. The, the alien smuggling organization, who celebrated when President Biden became president, because they knew through his campaign promises he was going to open a board and they'd be back in business. President Trump pretty much put him out of business. But look, Criminal organization Mexico, they only have to get them to the border now. They don't have to get them to Chicago, New York, or any other place because the U.S. government is going to do it for them. If they get to the border, cross that border, and the rest of our border, so you're right. The U.S. taxpayers are going to buy them a plane ticket, and they don't have to show ID when they get go in the border. No, they don't. Yeah. 
But we're going to buy a plane ticket or a bus ticket. I was down in Del Rio a couple weeks ago, and I left Del Rio. I was going back to Dallas to connect a flight to D.C. There's over 20 family units on my plane. I've seen every one of them come out with their manila envelope, their government-paid uh, airline ticket, compliments of the taxpayers. And not only that, they're carrying a brand-new smartphone, compliments of the U.S. taxpayer. Wow. Wow. And yet, and I know that many, like the Catholic Charities, they've helped more than 700 people who've crossed the border. Um, they passed them through those hotels in Southern California. We've got that happening in Southern Texas as well, um, before they take off on those commercial flights. And then they resettle into the interior here. And uh, again, but any testing done? Any, you know, do we know who they are? Oh, yeah. Okay. They're, they're released without a court date. As though, do we expect that they'll show up for that court date? Are they going <laughs> to, we don't even know where they are. People need to understand the Biden administration has this data. Remember, he was vice president in 2016, 2015, 2015, when we had the border crisis, family crisis, and, and Alejandro Mayorkas was the deputy secretary. They know the data has been clear in the last decade, every year. The data is clear. That, that almost 90% of Central Americans who come to our border and claim asylum never get relief from the U.S. government. They either don't show up in court or they simply don't qualify. Nine out of ten. And the other data point that people need to be realized is that, say that nine out of ten lose their case to get order removed by an immigration judge. Less than 3% leave. President Trump recognized that and said, look, if 90% don't qualify, less than 3% leave, why the hell we let them in? Let's do the Remain in Mexico program. The Biden administration has the same data. They don't care. This is about open borders. And, and one thing that's astonishing me, I still can't believe every day I wake up, under the Biden administration, an ICE officer, an immigration officer, can no longer arrest somebody in this country for being here illegally. Being yeah. illegally is not enough anymore. That's not a priority anymore. You have to go commit a serious offense and be convicted of it. You can be an MS-13 gang member, rape a child, get booked in a, you know, uh, 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 a jail, and if you're lucky enough to make bond, ICE can't touch you, ICE can't arrest you, ICE can't even put you in removal proceedings, even though you're in the country legally, even though you have a final order, even though you've uh, you, 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 uh, been arrested for raping a child. ICE cannot touch you. That's where we're at as a nation under President Biden. So... I mean, we can't really expect anything different, can we, in the next, what, almost three years? No, it, you know, it, it's terrible. So that's why I'm involved. I'm involved with a Florida lawsuit by administration. I'm involved with several Texas lawsuits. I'm involved with Arizona lawsuit. We're suing the hell out of them because, you know, we can't wait to take Congress. We can't back. wait. We can't wait for the election because they're, they're doing too much damage too fast. They came with an agenda. They're not apologetic, and they're moving forward. They haven't done one thing. With all the attention on the border and the people dying, the COVID cases, the criminals, the 300,000 gotaways, you can't name one thing the Biden administration has done, one step they've taken to slow the flow. They're not. They're bragging right now. President, Trump, uh, President uh, Biden was on TV last week when he was asked a question at CNN Town Hall about this as well. We've been real successful because there used to be a lot of kids in Border Patrol custody. We got that down over 90%. We're doing really good with it. He's bragging about releasing people quicker. And that's what it's about. They're spending all the resources and processing these people quickly so they can get them out of custody. So there's no backup in Border Patrol facilities. So it looks like there's nothing to see here. Bring your cameras in. No backup here. He, so he thinks that's a success. What he doesn't wow. realize, it's not a success. That, that, is a, that is a terrible, terrible loss. Why? Because the rest of the world sees that. They're saying, okay, let's go to the United States. 
attention. They're releasing within 24 hours. If they think it's success, I think it's another enticement. Well, you know, and, and let me also say this, too, um, just to remind the listeners that in the meantime, while we're permitting all of this to go on, free access and so forth, Cubans that are fleeing persecution because they, they're living under a communist dictator are, are the exception. They're the only ones who can't come in. Can you believe this? No, you know, that's really a tragedy because, you know, it is. asylum, by definition, under statute, I mean, the statute of Immigration Nationality Act says asylum is about escaping fear and persecution from your home government because your race, religion, or political affiliation. The people trying to get uh, Cuba, they actually are escaping fear and persecution by definition of the law. The people in Central America, I just explained to you, 90% of them don't even qualify. But we're going to let them keep coming in, knowing they don't qualify, knowing they don't leave when they get ordered by the immigration judge. Meanwhile, the Cuban people are there asking for help, and this administration has turned their backs on them. And the Secretary of Homeland Security is from Cuba. He should understand more than anybody. Exactly. That's what's so confusing. It's dumbfounding. It really is. You were talking about um, some lawsuits that you were involved in in Oh, yeah, Florida we're doing. I've been involved in Florida, involved in Arizona, Texas. But, like, one of the lawsuits, one of the first lawsuits we followed, I was, I was one of the expert witness with the moratorium. We sued on that. We, got it. we, we stopped the President Biden from doing the moratorium on deportations. Another lawsuit pending right now is on the ICE priorities. Even though 91% of everybody ICE arrests is convicted criminals, the Biden administration came in, so that wasn't good enough. They, out of the 91% they arrested that were criminal aliens, I'm talking criminals, you're illegal, that committed a crime, convicted of a crime, they took 90% of them off the table. What, what, it, it, what Biden administration don't consider is a crime important enough to deport. So if you walk out of your studio tonight and you get beat up by somebody here illegally, that's not an ICE priority. If you steal a car, not an ICE priority. If you uh, commit DUI 20 times, not a ICE priority. If you beat your wife or husband up, not a priority. The Biden administration came and said, all these crimes now don't matter. you got to be convicted of a serious aggravated felony like murder or rape to be dealt with. So, so the statute clearly says that if you're in the country illegally and you, you commit a crime of involving moral turpitude, that you are to be detained. If you have a final, final order, you are to be detained. If you have any drug offense, you are to be detained. And guess what? The administration ignoring the law. We're suing. We're saying not only they ignoring the law, they're breaking the law. And we're going to win that lawsuit. I believe you will. All right. We are talking to Tom Homan. Thank you for all that you do. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate that. Take care. Thanks for having me. Keep up the Thanks, fight. Thanks, People like you to spread the word to American people. The Rose Unplugged podcast is brought to you on behalf of millions of listeners and patriots. It is produced by Rose Tennant and Jumpstart Strategies with sound design by Justin Corbin.